Shabbat Shalom. Chag Sameach. Baruch Hashem. Now try something. I'm going to get a response from you. Um, just I want to share with you just one thing. Last night we were, Rabbi Carroll mentioned that we were at a prayer meeting. And we were at a prayer meeting speaking to the Christian church about Israel and the importance it is for them to pray for uh, Israel, to pray for Jewish people. And I just want to let you know that the response was so great that uh, several hundred people were praying fervently uh, for our people, for the peace of Jerusalem, for the salvation of Israel. Um, so, you know, often we hear negative things, right, about uh, the church and anti-Semitism and things like that. But I want you to know there are people who love our people, people who have a heart for them, who want to pray and um, give their lives to see Jewish people come to know Mashiach. So just wanted to share that with you. What a busy season, huh? It's crazy. This past week I was up in Boston doing a Passover Seder uh, with um, uh, uh, friends up there with um, a congregation and and flew back and did our Seder. We had our Seder, our home Seder Friday night and uh, last night we were in Queens. So it's busy. This Monday I'm heading out upstate for another prayer meeting (laughs) with folks. So it's a busy season, but it's good. God is doing great things, and I want to encourage you. So today, we're going to be talking about, the. we're going into a six-part series. We're going to take a break for Yom Ha'atzma'ut, obviously, for Israeli Independence Day, and we're going to speak on that theme that day. But we're talking about, the series is entitled, Bo Ruach, Come Spirit. And we're going to be talking about the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Because there is um, something that we do as Jewish people, right, between Pesach and Shavuot. Everyone knows uh, what that is? Does anyone know what that is? We count the Omer. And the counting of the Omer, in the natural, you know, realizing the Word of God, every natural thing that God gives, there's a spiritual reality to it. Right? So when the Israelites were sacrificing a bull, that looks very natural, right? But there was a spiritual aspect, right? That atonement was taking place. That the blood was, right, covering sin, which is a spiritual thing. Well, the same is true with the counting of the Omer. And so Yeshua, the Mashiach, gave us some insight, right? In the 40 days after his resurrection, right, on Yom HaBikarim, about the importance of the Ruach HaKodesh, because there was a harvest, right, the Omer is counting down to the harvest. Spiritually speaking, it's about the great harvest of souls. God is ultimately concerned with the heart and souls of his creation, and so Um, The counting of the Omer is counting in anticipation of a great harvest that God wants to see take place. But one of the key things that Yeshua emphasized was the Ruach and the importance that the Ruach would play to see that harvest come to fruition. So we're going to be spending six weeks in talking about the Ruach HaKodesh. Friends, this is really important. 
for us to pay attention to these teachings. Because I think the Ruach HaKodesh has, and his emphasis has been greatly downplayed. And there's a lot of confusion that surrounds it. So hopefully and prayerfully we'll clear that up for us as we go through this series. Um, as you know, it's seven weeks, right? From Pesach to Shavuot. Uh, when the Ruach was poured out on the first century congregation in fulfillment of Yoel's prophecy. Or the beginning of the fulfillment. It was a promise made to Jewish men. Right? And women on a Jewish feast day. So if you ever wonder, is the pouring out and the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh a Jewish thing? Absolutely, positively, 100% authentically Jewish. Matter of fact, there were no Gentiles. No Gentiles were in on that first outpouring. It was all Jewish. So if you wonder, gee, Rabbi, I never heard that. And perhaps you have never heard of it. But the truth is, um, it took place on a Jewish feast day with Jewish men and Jewish women in the house. And I find that many believers are confused when it comes to the Ruach HaKodesh. And I believe that this confusion keeps people from seeking and embracing the fullness of God that he desires each one of us to walk in, which is the very reason that the Ruach was given. The Ruach was given so you and I could live in the fullness. Say fullness. Right? Yeshua came to give life and life. Yeah, it doesn't say half full, half baked. It doesn't say in moderation. It says I came to give life and life abundantly. What's the imagery that pops in your mind when you think of abundant life? You don't think of a ho-hum life, do you? You don't think of just getting through. Just going to work and a little fun on the weekend. No, you think of a life that's full and vibrant and full of, you know, the joy of the Lord. Well, that's the life that he wanted to give to us. And it happens through the power of the Ruach. I want to read to you a quote from R.A. Tori. And he says, we feel the breath of the wind upon our cheeks. We see the dust and the leaves blowing before the wind. We see the vessels at sea driven swiftly toward their ports. But the wind itself remains invisible. Just so with the Spirit, we feel his breath upon our souls. We see the mighty things he does, but himself we do not see. He is invisible, but he is real and perceptible. You hear that? He's invisible, but he is real and perceptible. And that's important to note. So the first thing I want to talk about today is the person of the Ruach HaKodesh. Say, the Ruach is a person. And we'll see from the scripture what I'm talking about. But before we do that, let's pray. Pray after me. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey the word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Sorry for the big bottle. I need to get a classier bottle, don't I? And no, it's not antifreeze. <laughs> Does it wear it? It's whatever. Close. It's not apple juice either. It's what it says. <laughs> but 
All right. I'm going to be talking about the person of the Ruach HaKodesh. In an article I was reading, someone wrote, what does personhood mean? Personhood is not necessarily about physical characteristics. For if someone is missing legs or cannot see, she is no less a person than a woman who has legs and sight. Correct? Rather, personhood has to do with our souls and our ability to have relationship. Personhood allows us to communicate with one another, forgive, design, interact, and create. By the way, we can do some of these things, right, but animals could only do some of those things that we could do. We're different, right? Than God made us differently. Uh, for instance, humans have 53 muscles in their face through which they can make all sorts of strange faces. I'm no, I always get this from my wife. Boy, you make some strange faces. And the worship team will say, boy, that's a funny one, Rabbi. I look over there and we're, you know, odd face. But we are able to do that, to communicate like that. By design of God. The reason for this is that we were made in the image and likeness of God. To copy him. The ideal person. A human is a person with a body, but your personhood, hear this, is not your body. Your personhood isn't your body. Your personhood has to do with your internal and eternal qualities. Likewise, the Holy Spirit is a person. So we will examine the scriptures to see what they have to say about the person of the Holy Spirit. Say the person of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we need to see that he's described with personal pronouns. And if we went to Yochanan chapter 16 in the Brit Chadashah, and if you're in this room and you're Jewish, right, you know that in Bereshit chapter 1, Adonai says, let us make man in our image and likeness. Did you ever wonder who the us was? Who's the us? We'll get to that later. Let us make. I only thought God could create. Let us make. Only God is the creator. So, food for thought. We'll get to it later. <laughs> um... Yochanan 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, this is Mashiach speaking. It is to your advantage that I go away. He was telling his Talmudim, right? The last Pesach, I'm, he- I'm heading out. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. See that? I will send him to you. And when he, say he, has come he, say he, will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, 
but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. In that whole passage, it doesn't get any more crystal clear than the fact that the Ruach HaKodesh is a person. It's not it, an impersonal force. It's a he. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. He. Secondly, the Ruach HaKodesh has an address. Did you know that? People have addresses, and the address of the Ruach HaKodesh for the believer is you. (laughs) You're his address. It says this in Yochanan 14 and 17, that the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, again him, personal pronouns, and knows him, but you know him for he dwells in you. He dwells in you. These things are important to grasp because if we don't get the personhood of the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, friends, know what we're going to be like? Any of you, any, I'm assuming the men in this room like cars. If you don't like cars, maybe you like planes. If you don't like planes, maybe you like trains. But whatever it is, whatever jazzes you, think of an awesome ruby red or Ferrari red Ferrari. A two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar machine, polished up, looking really nice, with no engine. What would you do with it? Nothing. It's a paperweight. Although it looks fast, standing still, right? The whole purpose behind that machine is the engine that moves it forward. Well, the Ruach HaKodesh is that engine, the person of the Ruach empowering us is the engine. The prophets of old knew of the engine of the Ruach, for he came upon them. But the prophets foretold of a time when the Ruach himself would indwell God's people, right? And move them, Yechetzkiel chapter 36, the prophet said that he would, the Spirit of God would be in us and he would move us to obey the Torah, which is part of the Brit Chadashah, the New Covenant. And that's going to come into play later on in the series, the indwelling of the Ruach. Thirdly is the Ruach HaKodesh speaks. Only people speak, right? It's a sign of personhood. And it is this personal communication that separates us from everything else in God's creation. But the Ruach himself speaks. Here in the scripture... Again in Yochanan it says, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things. He will speak to us. How do you think the prophets of Israel declared the words of God? Right? We take the Tanakh, and we call that the word of God. Do do we not? How did those words come about? By the Ruach, telling them what to say and what to write. Again, but in the older covenant, the Ruach came upon people, but God prophesied through those same prophets that there would be a time when the Ruach would infill people. Okay, 
So the Ruach speaks, again, speaking to his personhood. The Ruach acts like a person. Listen to this description and tell me what I'm describing. If what I am describing searches for things, right, knows a lot of things, and teaches the things that they know, is this, am I describing a person, a place, or a thing? A person, right? Only a person can communicate. Only a person can think, right? Only a person could do those things. Well, listen to the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Realize when you hear that word, right? 1 Corinthians, that sounds, doesn't sound like a Jewish term, right? 1 Corinthians. But it was to the Jewish community in Corinth, right? It was a major city. And every major city, just like today, has a Jewish community. And in that Jewish community, there were believers in the Jewish Messiah. And so, Rav Shaul, the great rabbi, right, wrote to them to tell them how to live their lives. But listen to what it says. As it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that wonderful? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Right? So he's, there's a natural... Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, if I were to say to you, friends, my spirit's grieved. Who would I be speaking about? Me, right? <laughs> My spirit is so filled with joy. I'm talking about me, right? Just think about that for a second. Now we have not received, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So realize the importance of us having that connection to the Ruach, not intellectually, just connected. Because so many of us could say, I get the concept, Rabbi. It's not getting the concept in our mind. It's having that reality in our hearts and living that reality out in life. That the Spirit of God makes known to you things as a child of God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So we see the Spirit of God searches, the Spirit of God teaches, right? That's like a person, because the Holy Spirit is indeed a person. The next thing we see to right, speak about the personhood of the Ruach is the Ruach HaKodesh has a will. Any of us have a will? Some of us have a stubborn will. Some of us, some people say that that one's strong-willed, right? God gave us a free will. That's one thing that separates us from all other crea- of God's creation, that God gave man a will. So we could choose to serve God, but God gives us the free will to say, no, God, I don't want to serve you. And many people take that option. 
And that's a God-given right. God says, if you want to do that, you have the free will to do that. He doesn't suggest it, but God respects the free will that he gave us. But the Spirit of God has a will. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. And it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So the Spirit of God, as he desires, as he wills, gives different gifts to different people. That sounds like a person, right? Like Evan gave out the candy as he willed. And he chose to give a candy to all the people who had a birthday today. But he could have chose not to. He could have skipped someone. And for his sake, I hope he would never skip a kid because they'd be chasing him out the door for that candy. And if you ask Rabbi, how would you know that? I'll tell you a quick story. Let me digress for a second. When I was in Bible college, for the one summer I worked an ice cream truck to make a couple of shackles. And if I could tell you, what blast. And I'll tell you why. We'll digress for a second. The story's funny. Here I am in the ice cream truck, and you play the music. You know how it goes. And I made a stop. And the thing about kids, which is funny, but also it's good business, I guess. If they come to that truck with $20, they spend $20. And there's things on the truck for every conceivable right amount of money. So you have things for a nickel, for a dime, for a penny, Right, And the kids, they'll get this, give me a lollipop and two gums, and they spend every single cent. So one day I made a stop, and the kids, they come with a 20, they spend 20, you make 30, 40, $50 at a stop, and I'm pulling away. And all of a sudden, I hear in my ear this faint cry, and it's a kid. And I look in the rearview mirrors of the ice cream truck, and here's a kid on his bicycle <laughs> yelling at me to stop because he wanted to spend his last of his money. And he's pedaling like nobody's business. Ice cream man, ice cream man. Because he did not want to let me leave until he got all of his candy and all of his ice cream and all those things. So I want to tell you, if you ever need a summer job, young person, ice cream man is a good thing. Parents, not so much, right? We don't love the ice cream man. We want the ice cream man to go by. But if you're, making, you're looking to make a couple of shekels, it's pretty good. But the point is the Holy Spirit wills. And he does according to his will. Personhood. The scriptures tell us the Ruach HaKodesh could be grieved. Only a person could be grieved. And it says in Ephesians chapter 4, And do not grieve. The Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Messiah gave you. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He could be grieved. He's grieved by our actions. A little ring on this, Moises. It's ringing just a bit. The Ruach HaKodesh loves and has emotion. Only a person has emotion, correct? Did you ever walk up to your desk and say, man, desk, you love me so much. This is so awesome. I just love how you love me. Did you ever do that? If you did, talk to me. We'll, we'll, we'll get you some help. <laughs> All right, you never did that. You never walked up to an, an, you know, an object and just rubbed on it and said, boy, 
You just like me so much. I feel so great when I'm by you. That happens to a person. Only people love people. So, And look what it says here in the scripture. In Romans chapter 15. Again, do you know the Messianic community in Rome? Rome had ten synagogues. Okay, in the first century. It was a large Jewish community. Now I beg you, brethren, through... Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai and through the love of the Ruach, that you, through the love of the Ruach, you hear that? Through the love of the Ruach, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Ari Tori says, what are the distinctive characteristics or marks of personality? Knowledge, feeling or emotion, and will. Any entity that thinks and feels and wills is a person. And so we showed you from the scripture how the Ruach HaKodesh does those three things and is indeed a person. So imagine a person who knows everything, is all-powerful, is everywhere at once, and yet he is available to us in our lives and wants to help us. Why wouldn't we want this person as an intricate part of our lives? (laughs) Why wouldn't we want this relationship? Of course we would and of course we should. Because I'll tell you what, some of the powerlessness that we see in the body of Messiah is a lack of connection to the Ruach. Friend, don't tell me I'm a believer for 40 years. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, I pray. That doesn't matter. Oh, I love God. That's not even the question. The question is, Are you infilled to the Ruach and are you listening to him? So many people blow off the Ruach HaKodesh like it's going out of style. He's trying to tell us things. He puts people there to tell us. He puts the scripture there to tell us. Right? He gives us advice through so many means. And we say, yeah, I hear that, but I'm going to do it my way. All I could say, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. We need to listen to him because he knows. Now that we have established that the Ruach is a person and not an impersonal force or a thing, because you know what? Many people call the Holy Spirit an it. How insulting. <laughs> Imagine if you, someone called you an it. <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. If someone referred to you as an it, you would be, and rightly so, a little ticked off, wouldn't you? Yeah. Husbands, don't try that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really bad. So think about when people do that to God, the Holy Spirit. So with that said, who is then the person of the Ruach HaKodesh? What's his connection to us as a believer? Well, the scriptures teach that the Ruach is God. Because only things attributed to God are attributed to him. All right, so we're going to talk about the deity of the Ruach HaKodesh. Three distinctively divine works are ascribed to the Ruach HaKodesh. Creation in Bereshit chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says that God said it, but the Spirit of God, 
The Spirit of God. Remember what I told you before. If I would say my spirit is grieved, you know I'm talking about me, right? Rabbi Michael, my spirit is grieved. The Spirit of God is who? God. The Spirit of God is the giver of life. Also in Bereshit, as it breathes life into the dust that God created into a human being. And thirdly, the author of biblical prophecy is the Ruach HaKodesh, which is foretelling of future events. Who knows the future events besides God? Right? How, how did, who told Isaiah the prophet 700 years before the Messiah would come exactly what the Messiah would do, what he would be? How did he tell Daniel that the Messiah needed to come prior to the destruction of the second temple in 70 CE? How were those things revealed to them by the Spirit if the Spirit wasn't God? Because only God knows the future. Yeah? And before we go any further, who knows what this is? Tell me. Matzatash, right? Because I know Jewish people sometimes, even believing Jewish people, sometimes struggle with the triune nature of God. Because we've been taught always that God is one. And it looks like Christianity makes God into three. But yet, every single Passover season, God is giving us a picture of how three are in one and one is three in this matzatash that we use every single Pesach. This is one matzatash, correct? It's not two. There's one, yeah? And in this matzatash, there are how many pieces of matzah? Three, but there's only one Tosh. And it's, it's interesting that if you would look at every individual piece of matzah that you place in your matzah Tosh, there's not one that's exactly the same. But yet it shares all the characteristics of the other, right? Kosher, right? Passover flour, matzah meal, and water. They're all made up of the same thing. Yet they all look a little different. Yet they're the same. Yet there's three in one. And one is three. Jewish people should get the triune nature of God because every single year God gives us this imagery. Isn't that something? So now go home and look at your matzah tie. <laughs> this is a fancy one, but they're, they're all in different styles and shapes. But it's a picture of the triune nature of God. And don't overthink it, guys, by the way, because, you know, someone will come up to me, Rob, I want to, you know. Listen, every analogy, you know, fails at some point because there's no human analogy that is going to, right, describe God who is infinite and almighty perfectly. But it's a good one. The Ruach HaKodesh, how do we know he's God? Because it tells us in the word we see that the Ruach HaKodesh 
is omnipotent. Say omnipotent. It's a fancy theological term that means all-powerful. Who do you know that's all-powerful but God? No one. It says here in Bereshit 1-2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God, who is God, right, was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Spirit of God is active in creation. That's pretty powerful, right? It says in Eov, you might know it as Job 33 and 4, it says the Spirit of God has made me. What? The Spirit of God has made me. Wait, I thought only God, God is the, yes, the Spirit of God is maybe the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh. During our Passover Seder, we removed the middle matzah, which represents the Son, the Son of God, the Messiah, who the prophet said would leave heaven and come to earth. But we didn't say, which we're saying here today, is that there are two other pieces of matzah that represent the Father and the Ruach HaKodesh. And Yeshua said, right, that it's better for me to go so that I could send you the Ruach. And so the Ruach would come to earth and indwell the people of God. Just like he rested upon the prophets of old, he would now indwell God's people. Friends, if you miss this, I'm telling you, your faith in God is so dependent upon your relationship to this person of the Holy Spirit and to understand that the power, I mean, we say it every Passover season, that the power that raised the Mashiach from the dead, right, lives in you. And when we ate the afikomen, we emphasize that it is that piece of matzah, the resurrection life of Messiah that lives in us. Friends, all the power that made everything we see came from the Holy Spirit, who we are connected with as his people. Friends, when you don't get that revelation, you walk around as if we're just ordinary folk. But when you get that connection, you understand. You know, the scripture says many times throughout the writings that there is nothing impossible with God, right? Nothing. Well, how could it be assured of that? How could we know that? Well, we know when we have the Spirit of God who is all-powerful, there's nothing impossible for us. Right? That's why Yeshua could say with confidence, greater things, can you you imagine, at the end of Yochanan, the Gospel, right? It says that if... It were recorded in books, all the things that Yeshua said and did, all his miracles, that there would be not enough books to contain it. Because we realize that in the Besserot, in the Gospels, we only have a a little snippet of things that he did. But think about it. It said that thousands and thousands would come and hear him speak and then come and get healing and all the different things. And he healed them all in many occasions. And so we're just getting a snippet, but if, if it were recorded, all the things that he did, we'd be totally, absolutely stunned. That happened by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. That same Yeshua said, greater things than these you will do. I pray, Lord Yeshua, 
that each one of us would get a revelation of that in our spirit. Because I'll tell you what would happen. You wouldn't fear when you get a, a sickness report in your family. You wouldn't get distressed when you heard bad news. You wouldn't get discouraged when you saw something going on because you would say, wait a second. Yeah, I see, man, that you're crippled here and you're looking for money. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, right? Acts chapter 2. I'll give to you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, rise and walk. They weren't distressed by his situation because they knew the power of the Ruach that was alive in them. Friends, we need to be in touch with the power of the Ruach because he is God in us. We as believers in the living God know that only God could do these things and so we need his power. The other thing we see attributed to, to the Ruach that we speaks of deity is the Ruach HaKodesh is eternal. Who is, God? Who is eternal but God? Only God is eternal, meaning that he is from everlasting to everlasting. There is no beginning to God. Right? He always was. And in Hebrews 9 it says, How much more shall the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, and cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The eternal spirit. The Ruach HaKodesh is called the spirit of God and is called God. I'm going to give you, I have four, I'm going to give you two. Here's the first one. Yochanan Aleph, 1 John chapter 4. Here is how you recognize the spirit of God. Again, that should be enough, but I know there's always skeptics in the house. Because again, if I say my spirit is grieved, you know I'm talking about me, Rabbi Michael. I'm not saying my spirit is grieved and there's another something else floating around, another entity. You know it's me. But that might not be enough for you, right? So let's look at this next verse. It says, here is how you recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit which acknowledges that Yeshua is Mashiach or came as a human being is from God. Now... 2 Corinthians 3.16, this is definitive. It says it in two spots, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Say that with me. The Lord is the Spirit. Right? It's like saying, my spirit is me. (laughs) Your spirit is you. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image, Baruch Hashem, with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That's what the word says. The Lord who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God is God. How could three be one and one be have three? Right here, Matsatash is a good example of how that is. The Ruach HaKodesh is the Spirit of Messiah, right? Because one and three, three and one. If I showed you the matzah that we took out at Passover, that middle matzah, and I put it back, 
and pulled out the matzah for the ruach, would you be able to tell the difference? Would you? Would you be able to distinguish between the first matzah, the third matzah, the middle? No. I mean, maybe with a real good magnifying glass, if you went through it and recorded it, you'd say, well, well, that one's a little, but you would not be able to distinguish the difference. The Ruach is holy because God is holy. So that's why we need to be careful, right? So think about the concept, the new covenant concept, which is prophesied in the old covenant prophets, that the spirit of God, God himself, would come and indwell man. That's a pretty serious thing. I mean, just thinking about that is a little like, whoa, whoa. If I told you that God was going to walk into this building right now physically, what would you do? Would you just like act really loose and, or would you kind of button it up and get really straight and serious? You would be on your best behavior, would you not? Of course. So if the Spirit of God lives in us and He's holy, How should we conduct our thought life? What should we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear? Sobering, right? That if the spirit of holiness lives in us, who is God, we would and should be on our best behavior. Not only when we're in a crowd, but all the time. Of course we should. It's like a no-brainer. Because that was the whole concept, that God would have a people, right, a royal priesthood, this is what he called Israel, to be a holy nation. That's what it says in the Torah. So a holy nation would be holy because they would reflect who God is. So when the Israelites were, you know, living it up and reveling before the golden calf, right? And Moshe comes down from the mountain and sees this. God is ticked off, isn't he? Because those people were not reflecting who he is. And he had something to say about it. How much more are we, the people of God, who the Spirit of God indwells? Should we be mindful of how we conduct our lives, our thought life, our everyday life, our speech, the things we take in through our eye gate and our ear gate? Yeah. Omnipresence is attributed and ascribed to the Ruach HaKodesh. What is omnipresence? Fancy word to say that the Spirit of God is everywhere at the same time. He could live in us and be speaking to someone else. How is that? Because God is God. God is everywhere at the same time. He's in heaven. He's here. He's everywhere by his spirit. And Tehillim 139, the psalmist says this, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. What is he saying? No matter where I go, you're there. The omnipresence. I mean, could we remember the story of Jonah, right? Could he hide from God? Could he run away from God? No, because God, when he went on the boat, God was already in the boat. Jonah thought he was escaping, and God was saying, Jonah, are you kidding me? This ain't going to work. Boom, and he causes a right up surging of the sea, and Jonah gets the idea that, God, you got my number. Can The omnipresence is ascribed to the Ruach. Where can I go from your spirit? Nowhere, because the spirit of God is everywhere. The omniscience is ascribed to the Ruach HaKodesh. What does that mean? He's all-knowing. He knows everything. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, right? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. The spirit of God knows the things of God, and God knows everything. So why is that? You can see why our connection to the Holy Spirit is so important, right? How many of us always wonder, gee, I don't know what to do. What what should I do in this situation? That's the exact reason why the Ruach was given to us. So we would be led, and that'll be another teaching, led by the Spirit who knows the will of God for your life. And he'll lead us into the will of God. We don't have to wonder, gee, God, what should I do? I don't know what to do. Believers that are always wondering what to do, could I just be frank with you, are not in touch with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God leads us and shows us. That's what it says. The Ruach HaKodesh is the Spirit of truth. He's our helper and comforter. You can read that yourself. The Ruach HaKodesh is called our friend. I'm going to read your translation. It says, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide another friend, speaking of the Ruach, so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because he doesn't have eyes to see him. Doesn't know what to look for, but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. The Spirit of God. Do you know the Spirit of the living God is your friend? Abraham, isn't it strange, right? What did he call God? He was a friend of God. That's what it says in the scripture. He was a friend of God. The Spirit is said to be our friend. And he'll help us and comfort us. Anyone ever need any comfort? I do. He'll teach us and lead us and guide us and help us and comfort us and help us and pour out his power on our behalf. Who doesn't need this type of friend? Tell me. But how many of us have reached out to that friend? How many of us have embraced him? Or do we just blow him off and do it on our own? I want to tell you that this you need as a believer, you know, the believers that are always grunting and groaning, <sighs> striving, 
I can tell you right now, that's not the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, you know, do you ever walk by a tree? You ever hear it grunt, producing fruit? You ever, right? The apple tree in our yard, I never heard a noise come from it. I'm going to produce an apple if it's the last thing I do. I'm going to squeeze out another apple. What? The apple tree naturally produces fruit. No grunting, no groaning. It just is. And fruit comes. That's the way it's supposed to be with believers. But I tell you what, if you look at some believers and listen to some, there's some grunting and groaning going on. And I would say to that, don't do it. Let him be your friend. Allow him to work in you and through you and produce fruit. This is not a religious, laborious thing that God's called us into. It's a relationship with a friend. Did you ever grunt in front of your friend? Let's go out for coffee. My son makes fun of the way I say coffee because I'm a New Yorker, right? We say coffee. You know, you know, in the Midwest they say coffee. You know, here we say coffee. Like, <laughs> but did you ever see? Come on, friend, let's go out and have a cup of Joe. No, a friend, it's a relaxing thing. It just happens. Let's get a cup of coffee. It's awesome. Just sit down and tomorrow have a Danish <laughs> and some pancakes. And I could stop eating matzah. Hallelujah. <laughs> matzah's good. But let me tell you, donuts are better. I'm just saying, pancakes are better than matzah. That's my two cents. Friends, I hope I communicated to you the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Stop calling him an it or a thing or an impersonal force. He is the third person of God. And he has all the power of God. And he lives in you. Friend, you need to hash out that relationship however you need to do it. You need to be in touch with him. We're going to see in future messages how the first century believers were constantly led and moved by the Spirit of God. And we wonder why they were so successful. Because they didn't use natural wisdom. They used the wisdom that is from above. And sometimes that wisdom that's from above seems to contradict common sense, quite frankly. But when they listened and obeyed to the Ruach, powerful things happened. I close with this quote from R.A. Torrey. He says, If we think of the Holy Spirit only as an impersonal power or influence, then our thought will constantly be, how can I get hold of and use the Holy Spirit? But if we think of him in the biblical way as a divine person, infinitely wise, infinitely holy, infinitely tender, then our thought will constantly be, how can the Holy Spirit get hold of me and use me? 
That's the question. How can the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, get a hold of me? Because he has a hold of some in the body of Messiah. But let me tell you, he's working on a whole bunch of folks. And we need to ask this question. How can he get a hold of me and use me? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King. Abba, we thank you for the person of the Ruach HaKodesh. God, that you sent him for our benefit so we can live a life, an abundant life, by divine decree and with divine help. God, that we don't have to go it alone or go it in our own strength or in our own wisdom, but you sent the Ruach so we could be empowered and led by you to comfort us, to help us, to give us joy, to be a friend to us, revealing who you are to us in a profound way. Father, I just pray that you would help each of us yield to him, to befriend him, to know him, because he's you and you're him. So, Father, I thank you. Help us and empower us, I pray, in Yeshua's name. God's people said, Amen. Folks, if...